1: Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton, and you're listening to I, Why Am I In case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture. And it is Saturday, and not just any Saturday. It's the first Saturday of May, which doesn't really mean anything besides the fact that the long interminable winter is officially over. Fake spring also may be over. I'm, I'm not going to make any promises. But sun's out, guns out, not the real ones. Sky's out thighs out. I haven't yet been brought low by humidity and mosquitoes. Like, we might as well be playing air horns. Like, bum, 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 bum. Now that we're all hyped up, it's time for some housekeeping news. If you already listened to Wednesday's episode, you've already heard this. If you haven't already listened to Wednesday's episode, then... What are you doing with your life? We talked about the possibility of influencers unionizing, and I know if you listen to this show, then you're aware that this here is a union household, solidarity to all workers. You will be seeing me on a WGA picket line at some point in the near future, one you, etc. But back to housekeeping. You're probably thinking, hey, I haven't heard about the co-host search in a while. And you're right. And that's because it's over. More air horn sounds. We have made a hire that I am so, so, so excited for. We cannot officially announce who it is yet, though that announcement is coming super soon. But just know by the end of this month, you will have a new voice. In your ear holes. And I'm sorry for lying on Wednesday when I said you would never have to hear me say ear holes again. I wasn't lying about us entering a new ICY in my air, which means that I have a request for all of you. After almost a year, we're about to be back to full capacity here on ICYMI, and we want to make the most of it, which means that we want to hear from y'all. What do you want out of this new era? What new things do you want us to try out? Are there things we haven't done in a while that you want to come back? What stories do you want to hear us cover more? What's been working for you during this interregnum era, and what hasn't been? Would y'all be interested in live shows, merch, let us know. Email us at Icymi at slate.com or DM us on our Twitter, Icymi pod. We have already got some incredibly lovely and thoughtful responses that confirm we have the best listeners in the game. Please follow their example by emailing us your thoughts and by keeping in mind that I do read all of our emails and DMs, even if I don't respond. So please be nice to me. I'm a sensitive soul. And the people who've already emailed us have been so nice and thoughtful in their feedback. It's not that they haven't given us criticism. They've just done it kindly. We love you. Now onto the show. I am um, conservatively vibrating out of my skin with excitement over today's episode because it is not only one of my personal obsessions. It is also one of my producer Sierra's, personal internet obsessions because we are talking about Erewhon. Ah! For those of y'all who haven't had the pleasure of being served an Erewhon video on your TikTok for you page, let me tell you, you are in for a healthy treat. Imagine a Whole Foods, but on steroids. And with 20% more pseudoscience and also collaborations with celebrities from Hailey Bieber to Bella Hadid to Kourtney Kardashian. A trifecta that I I don't have a descriptor for, but it's definitely a trifecta of something. Like most Erewhon devotees, I can pinpoint the exact video that sucked me into this vortex. And it comes from a private chef, Brooke Beveski, who decided to make the most Erewhon Sunday ever. It cost um, a lowly sum of a thousand dollars. Here's a bit of that video.
0: So we go to Erewhon and get some keto vegan donuts, some chlorophyll, some chaga, some hasho woo, some lion's mane, some chlorella, some heirloom cacao, some sea moss gel berry flavored, plant collagen, spirulina green, some cacao nibs. Next, I grab some organic sprouted almond flour, some vanilla
1: bean peas, some good as gold turmeric powder, some chocolate. So in case you can tell from that clip, Erewhon is a chain of grocery stores in the Los Angeles area that came from humble beginnings as a little market stall in Boston. Boston, and now boasts of clientele of La La Land's most rich and famous and gluten-averse. The store's name comes from an 1872 novel by Samuel Butler. In the novel, Erewhon, which is an anagram of the word nowhere and not nowhere backwards, which it might seem, if you read too fast, it's me, I'm talking about me. Erwan, at first glance, seems like a utopian paradise where, you know, individuals are responsible for their own health. What that ends up meaning is that sick people are criminalized. It's a really fun novel to name your health food store after. There's definitely nothing going on there. Now, you might be asking, why are you talking about a LA-specific, possibly dystopian store? Well, because I'm obsessed and many other people are. We have been sucked into the world of Erewhon Hall videos that feature ingredients like chlorophyll drops, and $40 water, and sprouted seed butter cups, and $18 buffalo cauliflower bites, and $20 smoothies, and grocery store trips that cost hundreds of dollars and that isn't even because of inflation but don't just take it from me the top four Erewhon hashtags on TikTok have close to half a billion views Erewhon's status as a status object has turned it into not just a place to spot celebrities buying their probiotic water but a place of fascination for people like me who are obsessed with rich people antics Which, of course, means when The Cut published a story at the end of April titled Meet the People Working Three Jobs to Afford Erewhon, I not only immediately clicked, I immediately reached out to the author, who graciously agreed to come on the show. After a short break, I will be back with culture writer Hannah Jackson to talk about the rise of Erewhon, its cult-like appeal, and how it came to take over the internet. I heard of the most expensive grocery store. I went in there. It's ridiculous. I promised myself no matter how much money I ever make, I will never. I spent $65.21. Let's try this food. Buffalo cauliflower. What? That's good. That's for real like a 7.5 out of 10. I'm shocked already. I thought I was going to get that like a 2. And I'm back with Hannah Jackson, a culture writer whose work has appeared in many, many publications, including Nylon, Vogue, Rolling Stone, all the important ones. Recently showed a piece for The Cut whose headline pulled me in immediately. The piece is called Meet the People Working Three Jobs to Afford Erewhon. Hannah, Hello hi Rachel thank you so much for having me I'm truly so excited for this conversation um, before we dive in the first question I usually ask all my guests is what is your first internet memory
0: so I'm a zoomer I guess like gen Z millennial cusp gen Z if we're being honest um so I think I like had the the good fortune of growing up doing outside kids stuff but then you know my parents had a desktop computer in our living room and I just remember like watching hours and hours of America's Next Top Model compilations. So I think that gave me an early taste of um, salty language. And I, you know, haven't broken that habit yet. So I think (laughs) it really set me up for a lifetime of apologizing for my language.
1: Set you up for a lifetime of success just imbibing all of that raw and filtered Tyra Banks into your prepubescent mind. I
0: could survive anything now. Honestly,
1: yeah, you probably could. Usually, I try to do some kind of segue question into our topic, but as I said, I'm so excited to talk about what we're <laughs> talking about today. Like I said before the break, Erewhon has been one of my obsessions since I ran across a video of an influencer creating a $1,000 sundae from Erewhon, which includes ingredients like heirloom cacao and mushroom powder and chlorophyll drops and sprouted seed buttercups. I was disgusted. I was enthralled. I'm so thrilled to be here now. So, Hannah, tell me, what is your first Erewhon memory? When did you first find out about this store?
0: Oh, my God. I found out about Erewhon... Probably like five years ago, maybe. I'm a lifelong Angelino, so it has been on the radar there for a little bit longer, but, um, I generally wasn't in the parts of town that it's in, so I never really like ran across it in the wild. But when I was staying at a friend's apartment in the Fairfax district, I needed a banana in a pinch and was just like, oh, great, a grocery store. So I walked in and it was just like the most insane <laughs> grocery store you could ever go into. I was like completely caught off guard. I was so hungover. I was like, what is happening to me? I'm being punished for my, my sins by having to spend $30 on like one banana and a yerba mate. They opened one near my house it hasn't changed the vibe of the area, but it definitely attracts a lot more people. Um, so I have a bone to pick with it because I am convinced it's the reason that traffic is getting really bad backing up the canyon. And I feel like such a curmudgeon. I'm just yelling, like, get out get of off my, my area. lawn! <laughs> get off my lawn. Exactly. Get out of my parking lot. It's been more on the radar lately. And then, you know, with the onset of social media and the interest in TikTok on social media, it has become... Um, much more of a fixture in my life than it would ever be otherwise.
1: That makes a lot of sense. I mean, you mentioned that you've known about Erewhon for about like five or six years now. And despite the fact that it seems like hatched in a lab for the influencer era, it's been around for a while, right? Since like at least the 60s. How did it become all that it is today.
0: Yeah, so Erewhon did start in the 60s in Boston, actually. It was like a little hole-in-the-wall stall, to my understanding, and then uh, moved out here, opened on Beverly Boulevard, I believe, in the late 60s. You know, one of my sources described it to me as like a little bit smelly, Uh, the original Erewhon in LA. She'd been shopping there for like 25 years and she just like needed these weird health food products that regular grocery stores wouldn't have. So she'd go to Erewhon. Yeah, she called it a little smelly store. Um, But then in 2011, I believe a family bought the chain and really turned it into what it is today.
1: Yeah. From my research, the family that bought Erewhon in 2011 was looking to either by this store or a Dean and DeLuca franchise, which I feel like is kind of a perfect encapsulation <laughs> of what <laughs> Erewhon is. I say this having never stepped foot in one. <laughs> So for people like me who are, let's just say a little bit obsessed, but have spent like all of six days in L.A., how would you describe the experience of walking into an Erewhon? Take me back to that
0: day you were hungover and just looking for a banana. My God, it's like a fever dream. Like the way that this store is even built is so interesting. Like the aisles are close together. So you're kind of feeling like... A little claustrophobic. they're just jam-packed with these beautiful packages of just the most random products that like I'd, I've never heard of. I don't know what I'd need them for. But yeah, it's a beautiful store. like they really pride themselves on the aesthetics. It is very well done. all the produce is gorgeous. It just like seems fake almost, but it's very real. It's really confusing to navigate if you are unfamiliar. Um, I was so overwhelmed the first time. Like, I don't really know how people must feel about it the first time they go in. I understand it must be a really, honestly, a stressful experience. It's kind of crazy. I think it's also really easy to like get sucked into all of these crazy products just because you're so enthralled by them. Um, so if you go there without really having a shopping list in mind, I imagine <laughs> you're going to spend way more than you intended to. And sometimes they don't mm-hmm. have the prices listed either. So it's just like, surprise, you've but on like a couple staples that you would get for like 20 bucks at (laughs) Trader Joe's.
1: Yeah, the lack of prices is very funny, given my impression of Erewhon, which is that it's um, kind of a luxury status item. I was doing a bit of research and apparently Erewhon was started originally by two Japanese immigrants. And the store's ethos was originally based in Asian nutritional philosophies like macrobiotics but it's now fully just like upper middle class white people. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're just seeing like the upper echelons of wellness culture when you go into an Erewhon. Like there are just so many like fit hotties there, like straight out of (laughs) yoga, straight out of Pilates, whatever. There's an Equinox right next to um, my local Erewhons. It's also like a major celebrity hotspot. So I think that is definitely some of its more recent appeal. It's a really interesting clientele. I think it's probably strayed from its original roots, like you mentioned. Um, It's interesting because I do think it's kind of split between people who can completely afford to shop there. Like one of my sources from my story, um, they told me that they stopped shopping at Erewhon for years because it was just too expensive. But since their kids moved out of the house, they feel comfortable going back and they make... I think around half a million dollars every year and spend two, $300 a month on like just soup. They just go for the soup. I mean, I think probably a few other things, but they're spending a few thousand dollars a year on soup. So if you have that kind of budget, like you don't need to be ashamed about shopping at Erewhon, I guess. But there are also a lot of young people. It has quite a scene. There is a very famous high school. For anyone who has read the Vulture Nepo Baby article, the package, Harvard Westlake is nearby. One of the Erewhons, and after school, you see these kids come in, they're getting their after school snack, and it's like $60 worth of sushi and like a Haley Bieber smoothie. And it's just so baffling to me because, like, my after school snack was like a boba and a chicken sandwich that gave me food poisoning, and I would still go back (laughs) once a week, you know? Like, we did not grow up in the same Los Angeles.
1: I mean, having not grown up in Los Angeles at all, I'm like, my after school snack was like some hot Cheetos and a (laughs) a Sprite, if I was lucky, Arizona iced tea. So your piece is about three people who are working multiple jobs to afford Erewhon. So tell me how this story came to be. How did you source this? Like, how did you think about what you described, this cult of Erewhon?
0: Yeah, so this piece really shifted over time. I think, you know, at first it just started out more of a general story about people who were obsessed with Erewhon. And then as it went on, my editor and I were really interested in kind of this idea Of people who can't afford to shop there, but prioritize it, you know, budget out other things maybe or make other sacrifices in their life so that they're able to shop at Erewhon. And it was so fascinating to like talk to my sources and understand why it's such a priority in their life. I did a call out on social media and it was overwhelmingly successful. I think, you know, sometimes when you're just looking for sources, it can be a total slog Mm -hmm. because. You know, you might just be looking for something hyper specific. I think I remember putting in my call out, like, would you sit in rush hour traffic on the 405 for a Hailey Bieber smoothie? And so (laughs) many people were like, this is me. And I was floored. Like, I wound up going with sources who had very different reasons for Shopping at Erewhon despite not being able to. I had quite a few sources on the cutting room floor, which is, you know, it's so hard to kill your darlings because they had such interesting things to say as well. One of them was actually that private chef you talked about earlier who made the $1,000 Sunday. Um, and it was fascinating to kind of hear about her experience. But, you know, you can't tell all the stories in one article. So, we decided to stick with the people who choose to prioritize it over other things that, you know, maybe other people our age wouldn't do.
1: What were the reasons that people gave for prioritizing airwan
0: One thing that I also want to note is that all of these people did all of their staple shopping elsewhere. So they got all of their, mm. like, you know, canned goods or pasta or produce for the most part at like Trader Joe's. I had one source who had um, been diagnosed with endometriosis. And mm. for her, Erwan was, you know, kind of just an assurance that she was eating foods that were good for her body. She really tried to cut out like soy, dairy, gluten, just, you know, any, anything good, honestly. So for her, Erewhon was like not only an assurance that she's getting foods that were good for her, but also foods that still tasted good because they they do like pride themselves in having really high quality food. And I think that's completely valid to want to be able to enjoy eating. You know, I think she told me um, like, I never thought I'd be able to enjoy dessert again. She cut out like most sugar and you know, that as a dessert lover, is devastating to me. So I'm really happy for her that she was able to find these alternatives that, you know, not only like work for her body, but also taste good, you know, it should not be a punishment to be sick and to have Mm. to work around that. You know, LA is known for fad diets and I think it's kind of the epicenter of fad diets so it can feel really silly at times but I think one of the things that I do love about it is that people are so accommodating with food and like willing to make adjustments and you know I think Erewhon is one of those places that kind of is emblematic of that and for my source as well she has found that that works really well for her and I also had Sources who are really invested in the culture of Erewhon. So, you know, kind of just the see or be seen mentality of the store and, you know, all of the interesting characters who were there, the celebrity culture. For her, being able to signal this kind of proximity to. Wealth and to celebrity, despite not being wealthy herself, is a big draw. Like she told me, like she really likes to bring Erewhon on flights with her. You know, I think one of my favorite quotes from the story, to paraphrase, is like, to have my Erewhon and be wearing like a Lululemon fit makes me feel like a billion dollars, even though I'm sitting in economy and I'm not taking a private jet. You know, I think for people to be able to kind of signal. That association to wealth and to status was really important for them as well.
1: You wrote in your piece, the store became a fixture on social media, earning a regular place on Dumois Sunday Spotted, and has capitalized on the hype, partnering with Haley Bieber, Bella Hadid, and Kourtney Kardashian to craft signature smoothies priced just under $20 and boasting ingredients like mesquite chlorella spirulina and vanilla collagen I don't know what half of those ingredients are but how do you think Erewhon other than like investing in these partnerships with celebrities kind of plays into its own hype cycle
0: yeah I think they're just really aware of their image and you know they have great marketing and you know, social media is working for them. Like, I'm really not sure. <laughs> I feel like it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation here. Like what came first, the hype or the like celebrity partnerships? I think the celebrity drives the hype. But I think it's like really smart marketing of them to see all of this fascination with their clients and who's buying their products. And, you know, I'm sure you like anyone who has seen an Era one video on TikTok or on Instagram or whatever will see like these insanely priced grocery hauls that people do. And it almost always includes like the Haley Bieber smoothie. You know, people are giving it a try and giving their honest review of it. And also the fact is like, Air One is like physically only in Los Angeles. It has this exclusivity already. So you have to be in the city to go. It's not accessible to everyone. And then simultaneously having these clients who are so like saturated in media and the spotlight, It's really driving a lot of revenue for them, I imagine, and a lot of intrigue.
1: So much intrigue. I mean, you mentioned in your piece this concept of affordable affluence that is also kind of purchased when you shop at an Erewhon. And we will be talking about that concept after a short break. Hey, I'm journalist Sam Sanders. I'm poet Saeed Jones. And I'm producer Zach Stafford, and we are the hosts of a podcast called Vibe Check.
0: On Vibe Check, we talk about everything.
1: News, culture, and entertainment, and how it all feels. That's right. We talk about any and everything on our show, from real-life issues like grief to music and movie critiques. And that barely scratches the surface. Yes, indeed. And it doesn't stop there. We have got a lot to say. So join our group chat, come to life. Follow and listen to Vibe Check wherever you get your podcasts. Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. Hi, y'all. I hope you're enjoying today's show. If this is your first time listening to and then welcome. We're thrilled to have you here, not least because we are about to enter a new era. Get on the train, get in on the ground floor. In case you missed it, our show comes out twice a week on Wednesdays and Saturdays. You're currently listening to the Saturday episode. Like I said at the top of the episode, Wednesday's episode was all about the economics of influencing and whether or not in the future we might see an influencer union. You'll definitely want to check it out.
0: In Los Angeles, grocery stores aren't just a place you buy carrots. They're a pristine, non-GMO Disneyland. And king among these is a Come for the spring lettuce mix. Stay for the perfect life that could be yours if you just spend enough and quit gluten, you fucking asshole. And yeah, obviously a is, wait for it, nirvana spelled backwards.
1: So, no experience at all in sorting or bagging perishables? Well, I'm a quick study. It's a coveted job. Yeah, all the casting directors shop here. And we're back. What you just heard was a clip from Netflix's You. They had a store in their second season that was basically a send-up of Erewhon, which kind of perfectly... Transitions into my next question. When would you locate the moment that Erewhon became a social media phenomenon?
0: I would probably pinpoint it to maybe like 2021. I think for me, seeing it on like Dumois, Sunday Spotted, people tweeting like I saw so and so, like Miley Cyrus or Kaya Gerber, whomever at Erewhon, I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> I remember feeling like such a gatekeeper because people would like name drop my hometown, era one. I was like, get out of here, get a shoe. (laughs) We don't need more traffic. I think it probably blew up around the time vaccines became more widely Mm. applicable and available. Um, So, you know, I think, you know, people are stuck inside for so long. They're completely sucked into social media and their phone. They're like, what is this random grocery store? And then, you know, once the world starts opening up again, you're like, well, now I have to go. So, I think that's kind of when it started to ramp up. And then, you know, it's only gotten more and more hyped on social media as time has gone on. So I think it just is on this like chart of exponential growth right now.
1: Yes, definitely. There are so many like Erewhon haul videos, Erewhon taste test videos, the staples that you have to get when you shop at Erewhon. $60
0: Erewhon haul. So the first thing that I got is the kale salad. It's Emma Chamberlain's favorite salad. Um, it's super light. Okay, so I got the Bella Hadid smoothie, so let's give this a try. It's very good, but I do have to admit it tastes a lot like health, which doesn't always slap. Now we got the Hailey Bieber smoothie to try. Oh, this is way better. If you have to choose between the two, it's this one for sure.
1: Here's a quick haul of all the groceries I bought from Erwan for the week. I'm obsessed with Erwan. So first I do I Get six health aids um, for the week. It really just help with my gut and all that type of stuff. So I like to do these.
0: Okay guys, we're doing an Erewhon haul. I got the Brianna chicken fry smoothie. Rice balls, we got really nervous. Brussels sprouts and sweet
1: potato fries. Everything I hate.
0: Hey guys, I got the Brianna chicken fry smoothie for 500 and zucchini loaf for 400. Hey guys, Grace here. She got salmon and lots of green stuff. I don't think I like green beans like that. But it's okay, because I got rice balls to munch on. Let's find out if it's any good, alright guys?
1: One of the people you spoke to for your story was a wellness content creator named Spencer who was trying one of those monthly smoothies for TikTok. And she said, I've made jokes about how no matter what, it'll always be in my budget, even though I'm a starving artist. It's become my identity. And I'm curious as to what identity you think it is that people like Spencer are accessing by going to Erewhon and by visibly being a part of Erewhon culture, even as it kind of breaks their bank.
0: Yeah. I think with, you know, someone who wants to be a wellness content creator, Erewhon is like the nexus of that culture. So to be in proximity to that is automatically kind of like putting you in a different league that you have the access to this. I also think it does kind of also give access to that celebrity culture as well that we were talking about. Like it is this proximity and this signaling that, you know, what's in you know what's cool you can afford it even if you can't no one's like really saying like this is my salary and here's how I shop at Erewhon like that doesn't lend to this image as like a wellness content creator you know you want to promote this image that you can afford this lifestyle and like and you can too you know it's aspirational Something
1: else you mentioned in your story was someone who describes Erwan as kind of an affordable affluence, which is a way for regular people to position themselves adjacent to the upper class. And one thing that I found, I always find really fascinating about social media is that it has this ability to spread these markers of affordable affluence. So now you don't necessarily have to be like in the know to know what Erewhon is. There's like a send up of it in the Netflix show You. The word is out at this point. And do you see that diminishing the cloud of Erewhon? Or do you think it's only going to kind of play into this further hype cycle?
0: That's a great question. Because I think like, you know, I imagine these people who have been shopping at Erewhon for like 25 years <laughs> must be so pissed. That Like the word is out, like my spot's blown up, I can't Mm -hmm. go back. Like, I'm sure they still go. I think it's kind of both in a way, like diminishing and lending to its clout, this idea of affordable affluence, because we all know not everyone can afford to shop there. And like, even the people who do often can't. But I think having these normal people make videos of their Erewhon hauls is probably aspirational to a lot of people who don't live near an Erewhon and you know see like oh this person is just like me and they spent 120 dollars on a couple snacks a smoothie and like (laughs) some buffalo cauliflower so i can too how do you think erwan kind of fits into the
1: you mentioned kind of culty wellness vibe how do you think it what role it plays in that because the thing about so much of wellness culture is that so little of it is actually backed by any kind of science.
0: I know it's so baffling to me. I think even reporting this story, I don't know what half of these things are. and I'm like, mm. all right, man, like if you don't want to eat <laughs> seed oil, like yeah, all the power to you. Um, it's interesting. I think it's really easy to like get sucked into this culture. You know, I think if you become ingrained in the culture, it is fairly likely that you'll fall in with people who have these ideas about wellness that may not be scientifically proven or healthy. You know, wellness culture is like a total horseshoe. And we're kind of situated at the end of that right now. Like it Mm. is kind of teetering on the edge of, you know, it, it could become problematic in a way where people just accept wellness trends as fact without really critically thinking about the implications and, you know, like, what is this doing to your body? So yeah, it's interesting. I'm sure it definitely plays a role in that whole ecosystem of wellness culture that can easily turn on a dime and become extremely unhealthy or like borderline eating disorder friendly. Um, But I don't think that like it is necessarily wholly responsible for it. I'm sure that they're all intertwined somehow. You know, it must be very like emblematic of that in a way because it does have this like connotation like, oh, if you shop here, you're only doing what's best for your body. Like Mm -hmm. you're so committed to like eating well, like you must know so much. You must be like really keenly aware of your health but you know that's not always true you know what's good for your body like it's not going to be good for everyone else's body like my source jesse who has endometriosis and cut out all of those things for her diet you know that's not for everyone but it works well for her and you know i'm happy for her and that she's found that
1: yeah that makes me think again of that thousand dollar sunday video you said you spoke to the person who made that video. And the kind of premise of it is that it's it's a healthy take on mm-hmm. an ice cream sundae because it uses all of these air ingredients. ingredients. Um, it looked like shit at the end. Like, I can't lie. Like, it just it didn't look so that
0: good. It looked so terrible.
1: Yes, but I'm just curious as to what this influencer who made this said to you about Erewhon and about this video and about what they were trying to achieve with it.
0: So her name is Brooke Baevsky. She's a private celebrity chef. um, And she really blew up on TikTok for doing these Erewhon hauls. Like, you know, it's not her money. So she's going buck wild. Like she is spending like there's no tomorrow. I think one haul was like $3,500 in one trip. She was actually really interesting to talk to. I was really fascinated by her kind of take on wellness so she told me that she makes those videos as like parodies and like you know kind of like bits about Erewhon culture like commentary on that I think a lot of her bits don't land for people as evidenced Mm. by her comment section which are you know often filled with things like this reminds me of the capital from the hunger games or like I now understand how those French peasants felt during (laughs) Marie Antoinette's reign um but, you know, she maintains that it is in jest and to kind of like paradise this like ridiculous Erewhon culture and like the way that people will go so far to adapt foods that like don't really need adapting. It's like, you know, unless you have a health problem, it's like just eat the fucking ice cream, you know? It was interesting talking with Brooke because um, she kind of implied that Erewhon, the brand, doesn't seem to be too thrilled by this content because they don't like oh. to highlight the price um, of their products. <laughs> so I asked her, like, is this sponsored? Does Erewhon give you these products? Do they you know, subsidize that? And she said, no, a lot of them are left over from my personal projects or like my clients' kitchens, and this is just like a joke that I like to do. But she also was really adamant when we were talking that, You shouldn't have to spend your entire paycheck to eat well and, like, live well. And I completely agree with that. Like, the fact that we're gatekeeping wellness and nutrition, it's, like, it's fucked up. Places that gatekeep healthy eating... That's terrible. We shouldn't have to spend our whole paycheck to eat well. It shouldn't even be a question. Like, it's ridiculous. We've commodified health and made it into mm. a luxury. I think it, you know, speaks to a very uh, American mindset that we have of like care is not a right, it's a privilege. Um, and, you know, eating has fallen into that as well.
1: We are making jokes about not knowing what half of these ingredients are, but it's the fact that you see influencers or celebrities who have access to the information as to why these things are good for you and they're eating it. And so there's this thought process that if they're eating it or if this store that promotes itself as the most healthy store in the world is selling it, then it must be good for you.
0: Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous, too. I mean, I think that Erewhon is also, like, selling this proximity to celebrity. And, you know, it's like, oh, if I drink this, like, turmeric smoothie, I'm going to look like Bella Hadid. Like, no, you're not. That's not how this works. But, like, you know, if you want to believe that, go ahead.
1: All that being said, are you going to shop at Erewhon? Do you shop at Erewhon?
0: Will you continue to? I... Got the Hailey Bieber smoothie in the name of journalism. Um, Of course. (laughs) I'm just gonna set the record straight and say that I did not like it. Everyone says they liked it. Here's what I think: when those influencers are taking their first sip and they're like, oh my god, it's so good, it's because they pour like strawberry syrup at the bottom of the cup. So you're just getting a mouthful of this, like, really sweet sugary like strawberry syrup and then Mm -hmm. I don't know maybe mine wasn't blended well but I thought it was very chalky and kind of bitter so I don't shop at Erewhon it's not it's not really my lane I again don't make enough money for that I'm not like against it though I think again like Mm -hmm. I spend money on really dumb shit also so who am I to tell people what they're spending their money on is unreasonable and like no one no one should be on a high horse about that and like If you want to spend money on something that makes you feel good, like all the power to you, I think Erewhon is definitely more like culpable in that case of making health unattainable or extremely overpriced.
1: Once again, that was Hannah Jackson. She is a writer for truly every single publication that you could want to read. Definitely check out her work. And that is the show. I will be back in your feed on Saturday, so please subscribe. It is the best way to never miss an episode, to never miss one of my personal internet obsessions. Please leave a rating and review in an Apple or Spotify and tell your friends about us. Tell your local Erewhon fanatics about us. You can follow us on Twitter at ICYMI pod, which is also where you can DM us your questions and suggestions for the future ICYMI era. And you can also always drop us a note at IcyMI at slate.com. IcyMI is produced by Sierra Sprague Ricks and me, Rachel Hampton. Dave Rosario is our senior supervising producer, and Alicia Montgomery is Slate's vice president of audio. See you online or at an Erewan.
0: Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts?
1: Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition.